Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 355. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 15th, 2017. We've followed up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's time for our uh, October. Look back, I couldn't remember what month it was because we're in November now. Uh, every month we take a look back at some of the comic books that we picked up uh, that were new number ones or good jumping on points. And this month we're going to be bringing you Ragman number one, Jughead the Hunger number one, DC House of Horror number one, Jetsons number one, and I'll be talking briefly about Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica number one. Number one. Uh, and as always, we start the show with having a beer. A number one beer! Number, number one. one! A first beer. Not, it's not number one. It's not like the best beer. Um, and Chris, what are you starting off with? I'm starting off with a limited release from Duclaw Brewing Company, and this is their Sweet Baby Java. And this is their chocolate peanut butter porter uh, infused with espresso beans, Ooh. sitting at 6.2% ABV. Um it's really nice. It tastes just like a Sweet Baby Jesus, which is their chocolate peanut butter porter. But then you get a nice, like, black coffee kind of on the back end. It doesn't overpower it. It actually acts as a nice accoutrement to it. Um, I like it a lot. Nice. I've had a lot of dark beers over the past couple of days, too. Um, is it warm enough to do that? Are you, are you sure you can... It's it's cool now. It's seventy seven, so I mean, basically Florida winter's over, and we're kind of in spring again. But um, I actually wound up going back to that Dead Lizard Brewery that we went to when John was down here. Mm. Um, they had their first anniversary party last week Saturday, and they still had a bunch of stuff left over on tap. So I tried a bunch of their like um, other things, and it was all really dark. And actually, I think their darker beers are better. Than their lighter stuff, like their IPAs and the Hefeweizen. Because I enjoyed everything I had. Because we enjoyed their IPAs when we were there. Yeah. There are a couple were like really good, and there was a you know there's just some IPAs, but interesting. Yeah, I I look forward to going back again. It's, it's a, you know a pretty decent place for summer, just kind of around the corner in like an industrial park, you know. Right. I mean, I wouldn't say it's better than someplace like Hamburg. But I would put it on par with something like a resurgence. How about uh, Twelve Gates? Because that's also kind of it, just tucked away in. See, I would say park. I would say uh, it was better than Hamburg and Resurgence. Really, almost on par with uh, Big Ditch with Twelve Gates. Oh, with- I'm, I'm surprised because I really like Hamburg. So, mm-hmm. well, you haven't lived up here for a couple of years. Hamburg's not that great. Oh, really? It's, it's, yeah. There's no more samurai. You know, kind of stuff. There's, like they're not doing anything. They're not. Do, they're not. They're they're behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And resurgence is kind of a joke. Everybody feels in Buffalo. They're really not pulling out big guns. Uh, but some big guns. We just got into the Buffalo area, and that is Lawson's Finest Liquid. This is a Vermont brewery that uh, had a big special release here in Buffalo uh, during the week. And uh, Paul and I are sipping on some Super Session Number Eight. Uh, this was canned on November first. Four point eight Mosaic IPA. It's good, but it's like the the weakest of the Woodcock Brothers like XPAs. Well, like, XPAs are pushing double IPAs. They're 
This is a session. Oh, it's a session. This oh, is a session yeah, beer. Yeah, it's a session. Yeah, but eventually, what I want from a beer is what I want from a beer. <laughs> I want this session to be a regular IPA. Like I, but I sometimes I drink a session and it's like still got all that good IPA flavor, still got a lot of hop. Like this isn't any better than all day IPA. No, it's on par. Yeah, it's it's a notch below. It's like I. I I can understand, oh, it's a limited release where we're only going to see it now, so pick it up. But I'm not going to be like wild and be like, oh yeah, pick up number nine. I would pick up number nine. Okay. Just because, one, we need something to talk, we need beers to talk about. We've There's, we've, there's plenty of beers out there. <laughs> there's beer like that just sits, you know, there's plenty of beer out yeah. there, you know. We, we There's plenty of beer to talk about. I don't think I would need to trip over myself to go find this well you didn't i did i know it fell in my lap it fell in my lap (laughs) so i brought it home uh but i think it's a decent beer it's a good drinking beer i wouldn't mind sitting and having one of these while i'm watching tv Mm -hmm. it's there's i don't think there's anything wrong with it on a session beer scale right if i'm going to pick up something new Mm -hmm. i would pick up number nine i wouldn't pick up eight again yeah if i were out at a bar and there was nothing else, I would pick this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably would pick it up over an all-day because I've had all-day for the last, what, five years as my session beer, yeah. as my picnic beer. But Okay, go ahead. And it, you know, even that, it's a little thin. It's not as flavorful. Mm-hmm. I think this has got a different flavor profile right. that it's fine. I mean, what's it's... A, what's the APV on, a, like, a Mosaic Promise? Mosaic Promise is around, I think, five point five. Yeah, somewhere around there. So it's 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 bigger than their session, but it's definitely it's still it's something not, that you, it's not horrible. And that's the yeah. thing, like when some, when you go through all this effort to find this beer, it's a special beer, and I would be more hesitant to have it and just to drink it, just to have it to drink it. But this beer flavor profile is one of the ones that you kind of like. I would drink just to, uh, it's there. I guess I'll drink it while I'm. Just sitting, doing a playing a board game or doing something around the house. It's yeah. not. It doesn't taste special. That's what I'm saying, I, and that's why I say, eh, you know, don't go because don't go through all that effort. Because that, if you go through all that effort, I think you'd want to play it closer to your chest. You know, like kind of kind of treat it with some reverence. But then again, it's just it tastes like just another session. I think it's one notch below. It's not bad, but it's one notch below what I can get regularly. And for that kind of beer, I'd want something I can get regularly that I don't feel bad about being like, oh, here, friend, drink three of these. Like, I got a 15-pack. It's fine. Like, uh, that's yeah. what they're here for. I, I got this in a 12-pack. Oh, okay. Uh, I came home, and uh, we were having my mother-in-law and my father and his girlfriend over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I opened up the box, and I handed one out to everyone who walked through the door. Yeah. Because that's what you'd want to do with a session. Yeah. Uh, I showed up today with Sip of Sunshine, a $17 four-pack, and I'm giving you one of them. Mm -hmm. You know? Because that's what I do as a beer drinker. I'm, I'm... I've never brought anything and been like, Paul, you owe me like fourteen fifty. Unless it's a four-pack that I've picked up specially for you to say, hey, here's this four-pack. You know, and I do the same when I was very, very rarely because I'm not in the same position as you are uh, to get all. Yeah, people know. don't just give us beer. Yeah, 
you know, if people don't just stumble over and say, hey, I, I picked this up. Here, take it. Uh, but, you know, when I was down in Erie last time, I'm like, I got to stop and pick up some beers from my friends. And also because they're rubbing my face and that they're out getting all these great beers. Uh, <laughs> and I made sure you got all uh, each one of those. So I brought yeah. those over. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't, it came in a 12-pack. I, I wasn't aware of that. I was thinking, because for what, this this Lawson's release, like, people have been going crazy on the Facebook group that I've... I sold of. out of 12 cases of Sip of Sunshine mm-hmm. uh, in maybe three hours. And that was everywhere in Buffalo pretty much had it. Yeah. Um, some places had 40 cases um, and I was limiting to four packs per person, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, it I could have sold out of it faster if I wanted to just let people have full, full cases. But I think this is a decent session. Yeah, uh, I I would put it on par as all day. I I think having a session beer and then you know mixing it up and having different ones is the best thing to do with session beers because they are yeah. so light because you can drink. Eight of them, yeah. in an all, in an entire afternoon, you know, starting at noon and going till till nine. It's, yeah. it's you, you mean you could drink all day? Yeah, this is a pleasing this is a pleasing beer. I don't, it's, you it's know. nice, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's it comes in a twelve pack. What was the price on the twelve pack? Twenty two. Okay, no, it's, it's yeah, like, it's something. It's it, yeah. it, you are getting something special. It's something that we've never had before, and it's something. You may never have again. This is number eight of right. how many, you know? Yeah. Of, of how many that will be 22, after it. That 22, if I see that 22 on number nine, that would scare me off. I'd be like, no, it could be a little bit better, but it's not going to be so much better. And if even if it was it was, was so much better, then I wouldn't want to treat it like a session. I wouldn't want to be like, oh, anybody that comes over that normally drinks a blue or a, or a Molson, like... I'm not going to hand that th- this because they won't appreciate it. But an all-day IPA, I can hand that off to somebody that normally drinks a Molson, and they're going to be like, "Ooh, it's a little hoppy," but they'll still drink it because it's still good. Yeah, but you just this, uh, any anything you buy, you don't just hand off to anyone. You got to look at the well, person and know what they're doing. Well, I'm saying with the sessions, that's I'm more. Yes, yeah, sessions I feel are safer. Yeah, like because it's not a too crazy big out there flavor profile usually. It's still going to be accessible. And I, I completely agree with what Paul said. I feel vindicated. Thank you. <laughs> it hardly ever happens. You're anymore. welcome. Well, I feel like I needed to do that after shitting on you completely last week with all the beer that we got to have that you couldn't. <laughs> uh, I still just want to say, we weren't throwing it in your face. We were more apologizing under the influence. <laughs> yeah. Which means, I wish I had which the voicemail means that, that we I were like, upload onto we're really sorry, <laughs> we're really sorry, we, did, <laughs> we didn't mean to do this, but we're drinking uh, your misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a lot of laughter on that voicemail. And uh, speaking about misfortunes, anyway. let's get into the news. news. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Do we have yeah, misfortunes? I just threw it over as part yeah, of you're the- going misfortune and. Um- much to the chagrin of Marvel Comics, it was announced the other day that Brian Michael Bendis, one of their architects and one of their biggest name exclusive creators, uh, is jumping ship, heading over to DC, as he had just signed an exclusive deal with them. So, for the first time ever, we're going to be seeing Brian Michael Bendis helming some uh, some DC characters, which is crazy, because 
when I think of Bendis, I think, hey, you know what? He's done his own solo stuff like Powers, Torso, uh, but for the most part, I mean, he's he's a Marvel guy. I mean, he's I want to say solely responsible for the resurgence of a lot of those characters that Marvel now has a strong focus on, like Luke Cage, Jessica yep. Jones, Daredevil. We wouldn't have um, that Miss Marvel. We wouldn't have that uh, whole Netflix series if it wasn't for yeah. Brian Michael Bendis. You know, a.k.a. Jessica Jones because of his powers run and also Luke Cage. Those two right there that started it. You know, that was yeah. that was it. Was and from what it, what it sounds like, it doesn't seem like this was done venomously or anything at all because after it was announced, uh, Joe Quesada, the head of Marvel, came out and sent, like, and on Twitter and was like, oh, yeah, you know... It was great working with Brian for so many years. Uh, so I think it was just a case of DC came to him with probably like a really good offer and basically free reign of whatever he wants to do. And, you know, I mean, no matter how much you love your job, sometimes a different prospect might be might be intriguing. So I don't blame him for, for jumping ship. We don't know how long this is going to be for. It could just be a year, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I think the contracts usually run three years i want to say just because you kind of want you want to start a book and then end a book and and just having 12 issues isn't much of a timeline Uh, but i mean 12 issues i mean that's well that used to be a whole year of storytelling now 12 issues could just be maybe like two or three story arcs so who knows but i'm i'm kind of excited to see see him over there are there any characters you want to see him jump on or I'm going to, As he's known for doing, any characters you want to see him kind of reinvigorate and bring back? I'm going to assume that he's going to be doing the street-level characters, so I'm going to assume one Batman book is going to be the Brian Michael Bendis Batman book. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel a lot like Daredevil. You know? I wouldn't uh, say no to that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, he'd... I, I, I think he'd be somebody who I wouldn't mind seeing do, like, um, bringing back... Uh, um, ugh, I want to say Mindhunter. What's uh? Oh, oh man, uh, man, Manhunter. That's exactly Manhunter. what I, I like was thinking too. The question. Uh, I would see. I would love someone else to do like. I don't know if he would be able. To, I don't. He know. would make a. His question would make a lot of quippy '90s references. 80s references. He can. I mean, if he went really noir and went mm-hmm. to like. His original basics with like goldfish and torso and jinx, mm-hmm. maybe then yeah I'd, I'd like that, but uh, I don't know. DC is not afraid right now to put out some more mature reading, as we'll see in the DC horror issue. Yeah, which was kind of surprising, but also I mean they they're kind of sticking to their guns a little bit more, and one of the news stories that. I passed over because I was like, oh, this doesn't really strike me. Uh, they just canceled their first book since they did the whole new Rebirth 52, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the first casualty has been the Superwoman book, which I didn't even know that was still coming out because I never read yeah. any of it. Uh, so, I mean, to be, what, like two years into a line-wide relaunch to just have you like the first book you've canceled, that's not... Yeah. That's not bad. I think they they're more willing to stick to their guns on things now. They're more willing to try something a little bit different. So yeah, that's cool. And they're more willing to do miniseries. 
Yeah. Well, let's do something with the character. Let's just make it a couple up, you know, issue mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But John, like you, you hit the nail on the head because I want to see him do a Manhunter book, the character that Mark and Draco. Oh, the Kate. Uh, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Kate Spencer. Kate Spencer. Which I mean, it's really close to everything else he's done because I mean, it has shades of Daredevil and Jessica Jones to it. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, I think he could do great things with that book, and then make that one of those top tier DC characters again. I would like to see him actually on a Billy Batson book because of his work on the younger Peter Parker and yeah, Miles Morales. And Miles Morales, that would be, a, I think that would be pretty good. And, you know, him working with the two different voices in the kid's head, you know, which, you know, the power Shazam or the wizard Shazam, you know, kind of whispering to him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm cool with him introducing some new stuff, too. I mean, just within the past couple of years, I mean, he did introduce Miles Morales. That was one of his characters. Riri Williams has been pretty popular with fans. I haven't read any of the, like the Iron Man books because I'm just not an Iron Man fan. But he he can make worthwhile additions to a universe. That's true. Um, and DC is not it's not shy about introducing a new character. <laughs> Or a new version of a character. We've seen that quite a bit with the, all these relaunches. But uh, I'm more interested in seeing if this is like fallout from Marvel disbanding their like cool, their creative like summit team back in 2015. Joss Whedon was part of it. Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, I think Steve Wacker was part of the crew as well. Just um, all all the you know big creatives at D, uh, at Marvel were coming together to talk about like what they wanted to do with the movies and comic books and have an overarching like kind of feel for it all, uh, and that disbanded back in 2015. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's somebody who does have like uh, Bendis who has like sour grapes, like something like that would upset him. The guy, well, just I think seems it's so like, busy because oh, he's not doing he, that anymore. He's writing, he writes, he teaches, mm-hmm. he does like these. Um, I don't know. Chris, if you if you remember in the the Tom King interview on Word Balloon, like they make reference that he has like these dinner parties where he has like different um, comic book creator people come out and they just have a big conversation about comic books over dinner, like <laughs> or just have conversations. He's one of those people. Anyone who talks about him act as if this guy is their best friend, uh, and I think he is somebody who has just the love of, of comic books and of writing and, and sharing I, I wasn't trying to make things. it sound like sour grapes I was more, maybe it's more of a him being like, oh that challenge is over he has that the opportunity now, now, okay, okay, now uh, where, yeah, where else can I go, what, what other mountains there to climb, gotcha oh, DC. DC maybe I'll go live out west for a while, because he lives, he's a New York guy, right? He seems like. Uh, no, he's uh, Seattle, Washington. Oh, I don't really? know if he's still there, but I know that's where he was for a while. Oh, that makes well then. But I mean, even to kind of like go back to like word balloon even more. Um, I just listened to the episode where John Centris interviews Michael Avon Oming, who's his co-creator over on Powers, and they took a lot of time off from doing the Powers comic book because they were doing the Powers TV show for the Sony network. I can't remember what it was called, but if you had PlayStation, you could watch their streaming service. Powers was one of their exclusive gets for that show, uh, for that network, and they did like two full seasons of it. And Oming said that just took a lot of time. So basically, any of the stuff that he'd be, or any of the time that he put forward, like working on comics normally, was going towards producing the show. Hmm. So now he's got 
you know, that weight off of his back too, because they they're not doing any more of it. Well, maybe I'm just hoping that Brian Michael Bendis sits down with uh oh my goodness, who John Romito Jr. No, oh geez, they're they're teaming back up again. Oh, look out for that hair, everybody. Uh, Scott Snyder. Uh, Scott Snyder and no, I was thinking the uh, guy that did that, that does the the entertainment for like oversees everything. Jeff Johns. J- Jeff Johns. Him and Jeff Johns all kind of sit down and really talk about what they want to see I, the line go through. I just imagine them on two separate ends of a very long table in a meeting room with some like nervous looking interns between the two of them, like keeping them separated. And it, you know, I think I think this is cool. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing uh, where he's going to come from. And this is a guy that, I mean, Chris and I, when we first got into comic books, was right when he was breaking out. We were big fans. And then for a lot of our comic book reading, we were not the biggest fans. And he just kind of came back round for us, yeah. for us to say, like, oh, you know, I've, I've really been enjoying what he's doing. He's doing a good job with these teens, you know? <laughs> Because my issue always with Bendis is he seems to give every character the same voice. Like, they're all making that those 80 references. They they all kind of feel the same. And then he shoehorns a lot of his favorite characters into every single book. Like, oh, Luke Cage is showing up. He's now a new Avenger. The guy was the hero for hire. Why is he? Okay. You know. Then he wrote the thing, and the thing didn't sound like the thing. And I'm like, ah. Put me off. Good job. Um... You know what puts a lot of people off? All the news that's breaking about all the different improprieties that all these guys have been doing in the industrial in the uh, in in Hollywood. So much so, it's put uh, Gail Gadot so off her vote that she says that Brett Redner is still associated with the DC uh, Cinematic Universe. She's not coming back for Wonder Woman. Boom, done, out of here. I, I'm okay with that because I don't know if Brett Ratner's done anything recently that I've liked at all, yep. and if that's what it takes for them to push him out, like that's fine. Like that's cool. Yeah. Just going back looking at him, he did the Hercules movie in 2014, X Men: The Last Stand, Beverly Hills Cop 4, Red Dragon. I mean, I think Rush Hour was like there, the well, last was, thing he did that I liked. There was, there was a Beverly Hills Cop 4. Yeah. Who? I oh, no, 20, 2016. Oh, jeez. Did, uh, did that never come out yet? What's it up? 2016 Remake? action comedy. Eddie Murphy returns to the role that helped launch his career in this belated Beverly Hills Cop sequel from producer Jerry Bruckheimer and director Brett Radner. Came out March 25th, 2016. Wow. Man, I don't even remember. Yeah, let's... We should, but yeah, we should get rid of him because of the... St- crazy stuff he's been accused of not because yeah. he not only because he sucks but good well, i mean i this is like a huge thing in the entertainment world right now and mm-hmm. i think it's just a case of strength in numbers where now people feel safe coming out with all these allegations what's um, great is they're not just being like brushed off like oh that's probably not true they're like oh shit well it's that it, probably didn't even happen. comic books aren't um immune to this because dc editor eddie braganza had Harassment, well, not charges, but like allegations, raids against him, against him too, and he's been suspended from DC Comics. Man, it's it's like a great 
like it's a wave of just clearing house and it's it's great that these allegations are being taken seriously and companies aren't just stonewalling and defending anybody but then what they because that's, that's what they've been doing since yeah. the beginning of time it seems and, and this, all of a sudden and it's in this like, way hey, people have a bigger a, before people didn't have a way to really voice it and be heard and now they're all being heard so now this is the time where everyone's like oh no we're going to fight it you know like we can't fight it we have to do what we should have done and let people know hey put your dick away yeah you know, uh, Louis, Louis C.K. Don't, don't nobody wants to see that. At least he came out and like, no, all the stories are true. I feel like shit, but he's yeah. still paying the price now. His movie got canceled. Like the HBO or the Netflix, Netflix dropped him. Dropped him. Yeah, his FX aren't doing anything with him. Yeah, it's man. But it was people like uh, Roseanne Barr from back when he used to be a writer on the Roseanne Show. Oh, really? would say, like, no, he used to be really weird about stuff and go too far. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, it seems like he's been going too far for a long time. Mm -hmm. Man, it's just... Learn your lessons, people. Learn it now, quickly, before... Keep it it to yourself, just don't be shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I I feel like Gail Godot wins in this uh, battle. No, I mean people. People like her as Wonder Woman. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but Justice League comes out this week, and the reviews of it so far are very positive. Gal Gadot still. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think something to be positive about yeah, that people on the internet yeah. might be negative about is uh, we we've gotten our official oh, yeah. first look at the new female Doctor Who's costume, which. Looks nice. Looks fun. I wish it was a little more dressed up. It's a t-shirt with, like... Suspenders. It's very Mork from Ork. Yes! Uh, I was totally about to say that. (laughs) And then just a hoodie with a long jacket over it. Like, where's where's the pizzazz? Because I I saw all this, like, news about this. Was it yesterday or the day before where it was released? And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I swear we've seen her as Doctor Who before. Like, they did a video about it, but... We saw her in a black this, jacket yeah, with a hoodie. This is the over. first her, yeah. like, actually in in costume. Mm-hmm. I just want a little bit more pizzazz. She's wearing boots, not Chuck T's. Like, I don't know. It's the same costume designer designed this outfit as uh, Matt Smith. But man, Matt Smith like had a okay. Well, costume. he had a bow tie. She has suspenders, so suspenders are cool now. Yeah, but she, he had Matt Smith also had suspenders, and also he would mix up his like. His uh, shirts with the uh, pattern on the jackets too. Oh, that's like he true. Would, like what? there was, a, you might see different yeah. colored pants. I'm hoping, and I'm hoping there's more pizzazz that's coming. Yeah, they can, they can they can pizzazz it up a little bit. I'm hoping for more pizzazz. That's all I'm saying. I, think I, I don't hate it. I just want a little bit. I want them. I want them to put some like some A1 steak sauce on it. You know, jazz it up. Frank's Frank's hot sauce. That give me a little zip. Maybe they will. You know what I you know what I always hated was uh, David David Tennant with the like the one time he had like a soccer jersey underneath his blazer when he didn't have a shirt like a a dress shirt on. Didn't care for it. (laughs) I would say that David Tennant also had probably the more boring look too, because it was always like a suit. 
and that then brown the, suit. Yeah, or a blue one. Or blue. Yeah. Yeah, with the pinstripe and then the Chuck T's. And it's like, eh, that's kind of like, you look like any hipster, any, you know. Hey, he created the hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> he went back in time and created the hipsters. Probably true. Um, the only I, fun thing is when he went to wear the 3D glasses. And then they're like, ah, oh, right, it's a little pizzazz. A little pizzazz. There it is. Well, uh, Frank's hot sauce on that bitch. <laughs> David Tennant, I'm calling. Because I don't want to be. Gotcha. Sensitive. <laughs> You're gonna get kicked off the show. <laughs> uh, then who'd record it? Hey, uh, I think it looks. <laughs> I think it. I think it. It's, it's not bad. Um, I think it has. Uh, it looks like it has a fun quality, and that what is what some of the things I need to draw me back in because Capaldi was so anti-fun of a series. I mean, I, I, it killed me. I, I haven't watched any of the new stuff, and I've been waiting for someone. So wait, Chris is the David Tennant, you're the Matt Smith, and I was the Peter Capaldi? Yeah. <laughs> you're not as... Listeners. You're not as grumpy, though. It, let us know if that like, was on the right. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. We don't have comments. <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's comments. You can uh, comment on the show notes page. Oh, there you go. Let um, us go there. And what else? We had uh, what one more? Star Wars. Well, oh. there's there's a lot coming out from Disney uh, this past week, where it was announced that Disney is possibly in talks to purchase uh, Fox, and this doesn't go for all of Fox. It doesn't include uh, the News Core or Fox Sports, but or the strictly channel uh, or the broadcasting network or broadcasting because they already own ABC enough so. of that stuff. But mm-hmm. it would be more for the um, Television and movie assets. So they would get FX, FX, FXX. They would get the catalog for 20th Century the uh, Fox, 20th mm-hmm. Century. Uh, so they would get the X Men back. They would get that Fantastic Four. Uh, do they also do? No, Fox isn't uh, James Bond. I think they might. No, be. I don't. I don't yeah, know who does. Paramount. We're at Paramount. Does does James Bond? But the, any. I'm trying to think of other cool, other than the Marvel stuff, like other cool Fox-owned. Well, for me, as soon as I heard the story, I was like, oh, like that, that would give them access to almost the whole complete Marvel Universe again. Except for the stuff Lion Gate has, which is basically Man-Thing and some other weird like offshoot stuff. Which have, have probably already reverted back to them, mm-hmm. like because that Man-Thing movie came out like 10 years ago, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, uh, that would be cool. But I, I well, they would have Planet of the Apes. They could do some kick-ass Planet of the Apes stuff. Well, you know, you, you want to drive more people to Animal Kingdom, so Planet of the Apes. Why not? Oh, the Boss Baby. <laughs> the Boss Baby was a Fox movie. Uh, this is something that they were talking about. They say the, the talks have been out have been ongoing for you know uh, over a year, and you know, somehow the news got out. It's almost like, um, was it earning calls or something happening this quarter, like recently, where maybe Disney was afraid that their earnings call wasn't going to be that great, so things started leaking about what they're working on to be like, ah, let's keep our stock nice and even. Let's keep it even. Um, no, because Disney already, I think, started up there. Like, they run their quarters different. Um, 
don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the wake of this, because the, the news story I saw was basically saying that since the story broke, Fox's shares have been selling for more now. So it's actually increased their value. Yeah, because they're hoping that's anything for Disney. Because uh, when you're a lower valued stock, uh, right now Walt Disney trades for over $100 per share. So with the lower value stock, will, stock will rise in hopes that your shares will be converted. You're going to get a buyout. Yeah, that your shares will can be converted to that better stock. It happened with Marvel as well. Um, because that was interesting, because that was happening uh, while I was studying economics, and it was part of my coursework to buy and sell stocks. It was, And I had Marvel, because I'm like, something's happening. And they got, something's happening here. Then the rumors started happening. So it was great. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean, this would be good just in the fact that they would get back uh, <laughs> X-Men and... Uh, I think they already have Fantastic, Fantastic Four back. Or Nothing has been officially official? said. Uh, there was... Back when they had worked out a deal with Sony for Spider-Man, there were talks with Fox, and there was a rumor that... DC got Fantastic Four back, and that's how Fox was allowed to make those X-Men TV shows. Um, because they didn't have the TV rights to do that. And they got them from Marvel. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how this would play out. Now, as as nerd fans, uh, not just wanting to watch something play out, but want to make it play out, does that mean we are not going to see New Mutants? When it comes out, do we want? Do we want to have? I wasn't all planning Fox. on seeing New Mutants anyway. Do we want to have yeah, all the Fox I still haven't seen any of Legion. Yeah. No, no, it's a movie. New Mutants, star starring the kid from Stranger Things. Stranger Things as Speedball, and also uh, Deadpool Two. Should we not go see these movies? In I, hopes that I, they I'm going to see Deadpool Two because yeah, I'll see Deadpool. I don't have a strong desire to see. New Mutants or the, next the Gifted, X-Men. whatever the the show is called. Um, uh, I mean, Deadpool. I'm fine with supporting that because I mean, that was a fun movie. And I, I don't want to see X Men Dark Phoenix or Phoenix because I haven't liked any of those X Men movies. That Apocalypse was atrocious. I had it on in the background and I couldn't pay attention to it. I just kept on getting bored and was doing stupid stuff around the house. Like I'd rather do the dishes. <laughs> I was gonna be like, you walked into the, you just walked in and like kicked the wall, like ah, how stupid, my toes. And then I'm like, I walk back in because Olivia Munn is Psylocke. Like, okay, cool. And then she's off screen, and I'm like, okay, back to. Doing she has it. no role in that. She doesn't. Like there was hardly any. Was the only good thing about that movie was the again the the Quicksilver thing when he saves everybody. I didn't out, even see it. He saves everybody out of the mansion. <laughs> um. No, it wasn't good. Yeah, I would, uh, no, Paul. To answer your question, no. Nobody oh, thinks that way. Nobody thinks that, oh, well, maybe we can, maybe we can game this, make, make Fox look even worse. So they're, of course, no. gonna take a buyout. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's thinking like that. Oh. But something people are looking forward to is the new Star Wars trilogy that's being helmed by Ryan Johnson that was announced this past week as well. So after we get the wrap up of the current Star Wars trilogy that we have with episodes 7, 8, and 9 uh, by J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and J.J. Abrams, respectively. Uh, they're going to be going forward with a new trilogy. 
no news, only speculation at this point. Who knows when it's going to be set, what's going to follow, but I, I'd like to think that, you know, they're setting up the next trilogy in this trilogy, and we won't be jumping around the time frame too much. Like, it'll just be picking up where where Nine leaves off. So and not a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. That's what I was thinking. I'd rather see, like... Well, I, that, that could be something that they tackle in another form of entertainment, because it was also announced that when they come out with their personal streaming service, uh, Disney's going to have TV shows based on Star Wars, Monsters, Inc., and then also High School Musical as kind of original programming. So something that I think everyone was kind of just thinking when it was announced that Disney's going to have a streaming service is like, oh, you know, you're going to have that back catalog of Disney stuff. Mm -hmm. But it does look like they're going to be developing material strictly for for the service to kind of make it more of a uh, enticing venture for people. And I don't and, know if... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, they also did say, too, that it'll be priced at a price point lower than Netflix's to make it something even more... Isn't even Netflix, more desirable? Isn't Netflix up to ten ninety nine a month now? It's eleven. Mm-hmm. Is it eleven ninety nine a month? It's one of those recurring bills that I keep. I never check because it's a recurring bill. This is why I always have to stop paying for WoW because it's like fifteen bucks a month, and I'm like, oh man, why am I paying that? Uh, but I was wondering, if they have to come up with something because right now on like Disney's Movies Anywhere, which is being moved over. It was just now. It's just Movies Anywhere, anywhere. because. You have the entire back catalog of all their movies that you can get. So I'm like, what's the point of a streaming service if I really want to watch Peter Pan? I'll just pay. I actually don't know how much it costs but, to buy Peter Pan. But that's the thing. I'm more likely just to watch something because it's on streaming than I am to go out and purchase it to watch it mm-hmm. one time. Because I mean, I have movies that I've gotten from Disney Movies Anywhere because I. I got the code that came in the Blu-ray, so I put it in. I was like, hey, now I've unlocked this. I can download it off of iTunes if I want, if I'm flying somewhere or whatever. But I, I've i never done that. I watch the movie on DVD, and then it sits on a shelf. But yeah. streaming, like I, I do that every day. Um, and then also something that came out, I don't know if you guys saw this, but a uh, sequel to Rogue One is going to be helmed by George Lucas. I don't think that's a thing. Where did you see that? <laughs> New Hope, idiots! Like, oh, that's oh. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. Uh, I did. <laughs> scared me. <laughs> scared me. That's what that did. I really <laughs> that tickled my funny bone. You guys don't know funny. Um, okay. I'm okay with them doing like Old Republic stuff, but I don't know. I think that's something that could be really well done serialized. Have them work within that time frame, maybe in like the Star Wars story, like one-shot movies or the TV shows, uh, and then just use the like annual movies to propel forward the like, the future of Star Wars. But also something, um, this is the last season of Star Wars Rebels too, so who knows? Maybe that Star Wars show that they're going to be doing will be like a follow-up to Clone Wars and Rebels. You know, it's. It's possible. You could just be watching characters during the rebellion, not just the lead up to it. Now, do you want live action? Yeah. I, I really think. I mean, if you're going to do a live action, you're going to have to be spending a ton of money to produce well, I, that. I think if Disney does a Star Wars TV show for their own personalized streaming service, they're going to put the money behind it. And they're going to. I think reuse they want that to be assets. kind of the marquee. Like, hey, if you want to watch Star Wars the Old Republic, the series, 
they're going to put the money in that so people want to see it, not just have it come off done shoddy. Like, you know, Inhumans. <laughs> Spoilers for, for next, next week. week. I still haven't seen it. Oh. I, I didn't spoil anything, really, Paul, because you no, can tell no. by the trailers. We'll I'm going to end up loving this movie and be like, guys, I don't know what all the hate. <laughs> I, I keep on calling it a movie, but it's a there's nothing. There's nothing redeemable. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with it. I think uh, they really have to put the money behind an actual Star Wars TV series um, versus the ability to just do like the computer animated stuff. I mean, we've gotten great stuff over the years doing that computer animation. Well, it might be that like 2D, like what they're doing with Tangled Forever After as well. Like for Monsters Inc., where it's not the full 3D rendered. It's more that stylized 2D stuff for the animation. No. I mean, I mean, we can only speculate. For Monster Tank, I'm just talking more so about Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with seeing more of all of these franchises. Uh, I love High School Musical. I don't know what to expect from a High School Musical TV show. Did you know there was a uh, High School Musical China? I did not. It's in uh, Mandarin and also English subtitles. Huh. So. Uh, but if it's anything like Galavant, I will gladly watch that show because that was a lot of fun. And it, it was a musical comedy done well, so it can exist on TV. But yeah, so if you thought they were going to slow down on the Star Wars train, think again. They, Good, I love Star Wars. They added a Me whole too. bunch of whole bunch of fire to that engine, and something that Paul and I have been enjoying wow. for quite a while. Are we done with news? Yeah, we're done with news. That's all of the news. That's all the news. I just double checked. Yeah, uh, we're good. Paul and I have been enjoying IPAs out of tall boy cans and we have another one here from uh lawson's finest and this is cheers uh sip of sunshine i was was trying to put my pint glass down somewhere and my desk is covered with shit so i could only put it in my iron man mug that i have from my coffee this morning and uh you know made a little sound effect uh and we are we are drinking (coughs) sip of sunshine uh eight percent ipa um, drink fresh, drink cold, as it says on the glass. And this was packaged on Halloween. Hmm. Canned on Halloween. Spooky. Spooky. Um, Vermont IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the yeah. in-between of a normal IPA going into that uh, New Englandy style. This is the grandfather, I think, to the New England mm-hmm. Style IPA. This has a lot more of that pine notes than they use the lupulin yeah. powder with this. So oh, this okay. is a it's a powder that comes from hops to double up that flavor. Mm. It's not that New England style. It, it does it's, have some juicy aftertones, but I'm getting a lot more it, of the pine notes. On it's that. not a juice bomb. It's not the hazy mm-hmm. beer. This is something different. It's got a big mouthfeel on the aftertaste. It's smooth going down, and then that. You know, that resiny after, mm-hmm. they, it coats the tongue afterwards. It's and, it, and it does have a little bit of that juiciness. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, the like I said, the grandfather to those New England yeah. beers. It's it says sip, but man, when you're drinking it, you're just taking, I'm taking big gulps. Uh, yeah. It's it's good. 8% too. It goes down so smooth. Mm-hmm. It's a troublemaker because I could drink a four pack of this and, you know, man, and then. The s- so much more than this, so. But those are oh, yeah. New England. Yeah. Those are, you know, those are the babies. Those what are was the pe- a Canadian IPA? 
I don't know what that meant, but it was. I think they were using like Canadian hops or malts yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But, it was- um, but yeah, like yeah, those New England beers are the the beers that have stemmed from this, who have done other things. Mm. Lawson's has made those New England beers, but this is their flagship beer. Just like yeah, okay, uh, cool. Hetty, Hetty Topper was Alchemist's flagship beer. But now they have three other beers that everybody says. Yeah, Focal Bomber or Focal Banger. Banger. And They're all better <laughs> than Hetty Topper. But people still want to have Hetty Topper because that it's was... It's a history lesson. The beer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think this is a good drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am a huge fan of New England-style beers. And I would want to drink those over normal IPAs. But this is a good drinking beer. This is a good drinking beer. I'm glad that I'm having it. Again, it's like, okay, it checks. Ch- I check it off. You check it off. And I'm like, do I need to go back to it? Eh, probably not. No. Maybe it's unlike... Somebody shows up and hands me yeah. one. Oh, I'm like, it. oh, thank you so much. Are you sure? Uh, just because I know it's one of those ones that you have to jump through hoops. But I'm going to look forward to Nimble Giant every year. And that's that's the same kind of style beer. That's a double. Yeah, that one's... This is 8%. Nimble Giant's, what, 11 it's 10? 10. So, but it's the same flavor. I'm getting the same kind of flavor profile off of it. Yeah. Like, I get a lot more on Nimble Giant, and that one's a really smooth, easy drinking, but it has the pine notes to it, that piney kind of quality, that resiny quality, but it goes down smooth. I'm more excited about, uh, for for Nimble Giant to come out than I am Sip of Sunshine. I would agree. Yeah. I think also Nimble has something... Too, it, it was. It's got a little more history yeah, with yeah. us with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, no, I I wouldn't Cache. buy. Um, there's rumors that we'll get another shipment in two months of Sip of Sunshine. Hmm. I bought a four pack. I didn't buy two or three or go hmm. crazy. Um, you didn't even say, Paul. Do you need me to pick you up one? Yeah, because you were like, eh, you know. Oh, I was gonna bring you one. Mm-hmm. We had an old yeah version of this, and we drank it and said. I can see where they're going, what the beer would be like. Yeah. yeah. Not, uh, you know, because <laughs> I thought we five had five months old before. and mailed to me. But um, no, it's 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 a good drinking beer. Mm-hmm. If you find it on the shelves, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> too late. Sorry, man. Um, but Chris, what are you drinking, buddy? Uh, I have the next of the Founders Barrel Age series, and this is the Backwoods Bastard. Um, when I went to the beer store to pick up something for the show, I thought that they had this on the shelf, so I needed to grab a four-pack of it just because it was there. Uh, and then I saw the Sweet Baby Java, so I grabbed that too. But this is one of my all-time favorite beers, and it, it's still just as good as you would always be uh, hope it would be. Uh, Backwoods Bastard, this is their Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale that's been aged in oak bourbon barrels. Yeah, it's a great drinkable beer. I like it a lot. This is probably going to be the last thing I drink today before uh, I have to wind up going to work, so take oh. it easy. Um, are you excited that in... CBS? CBS? Well, CBS. But uh, January, this beer will become year-round. I'm okay with that. Um, I was mm-hmm. able to get a six-pack, or no, six-pack or four-pack? Four-pack. Of Dragon's Milk? Four-pack. Four-pack, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really happy just to have that. That's kind of like a treat because it was something that's just, it's available year-round, and now I can get it down here. Um, 
I feel like Dragon's Milk's a little bit more drinkable. I feel like this is a sipper. Dragon's Milk I have no issue with going in on. I think I still just have that feeling of Backwoods Bastard, it gets released here and there, I need to ration it. So it might change once I see it more available, but I, know, I, I still just love this beer. Uh, this this year, too. Last year, I wasn't um, overly thrilled with it. I felt like it was missing something. This year's, you get that little bit of vanilla. Yeah, get, it's got that nice bourbon pop to it right up in the front, and that just kind of like smooths out into like yeah. the scotchdale. Um, I had one of these. I I, uh, I had it playing cards with like family. We were sitting there, and every time I took a sip, I had to like just stop and be like, oh, my God, it's so good. Because it just yeah, like, those, those flavors dance on your on your your taste buds. It's so good. Just like the sweet baby Java, that was something that I had two bottles of that from the time that we got onto the call until we recorded, and then I just downed the last of it so I could pour this one just to have while you uh, were talking about your sip of sunshine. That, that's a nice drinkable beer. Like that one, I don't feel bad about going back to, but. Backwoods Bastard, as soon as you take a sip of it, you just need to let it linger there for a minute. I like that we were slowly sipping on a session beer, and mm-hmm. you're downing two peanut butter coffee stouts. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's good. Why not? It's only 6.2. Mm. No, but Backwoods is really good this year. No, Backwoods is fantastic. And I... I hate that I never got myself like a backwoods bastard T-shirt when I basically lived there, because <laughs> I would always, like always walk through the founders like brewery store just to see what they had there, but mm-hmm. never did it. Never did pulled it. the trigger, guys. You bought you bought me one. I got you one. Uh, that was your favorite beer. It is backwoods. Is will always be in my top five favorite beers of all time. Yeah. Uh, and it and because year to year to year, it's amazing. Um, I remember the first time we had it, we were recording in Paul's kitchen, and none of us liked it. Wow. Uh, but we hadn't become barrel aged connoisseurs yeah, like it. Yeah. It ha- we haven't. We didn't develop that. Mm-hmm. It was way too big for us, and we were just like, "Oh, geez." We didn't put it on our big boy pants yet. We hadn't, and now. Now we're like, I we drink stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's really smooth. And then somebody else drinks, and they're like, that was really harsh, man. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> really? Our big boy pants are too tight on us now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you were able to get that, Chris. I, I was really excited because just with how the shelves were laid out, it was all the way down in the very bottom corner. But yeah. And, and they still have Rubeas here. I don't know if that's year-round or if it's just been it is sitting on the shelf. Okay. Soon, soon to be in a, uh, I believe, $9.99 or $10.99 six-pack. That needs to be. That's the price point it should be at. Because yeah. right, right now it's like a $16 eight-pack. Is it an eight-pack or a four-pack? No, eight-pack. Rubeas? No. Cans. It's going oh, to stay in cans. Sting in cans, too. Oh, I see. I've only bought it when it was in the four-pack bottle. Yeah. And it was expensive, I thought, for what it was. It was overly, like, cherry sweet. No, I like Rubeus is, is good. It's one of those beers that I like it, but it's not something that I would even buy a four-pack of. Um, this past week, I bought beer for the show, but I just wound up drinking it because, you know, whatever. 
Uh, and one of them was the Southern Tier Imperial uh, Cinnamon Bun or Cinnamon Roll. Mm. I don't know if any of you guys have had that yet. But I have. It, it's oh. a liquid cinnamon roll. Oh, man. Those Southern Tier dessert beers, oh. like that, the uh, salted caramel, the chocolate orange, I can just sit there and drink those. Rubeus, I I can't. It's just that it's too tart and rich, I feel. I like that tart and richness. Um, something else that's new, uh, Lineman's Strawberry Lambic. Ooh, really? Not overly sweet, um, I a, uh, which was pretty good. on the shelf. Yeah, but no, um, I mean you should definitely be able to find it by you. Uh, but yeah, the Southern Tier Imperial Cinnamon Roll—it's—it tastes like a cinnamon roll. It does, and because it, it gives you that little bit of bitter too, right on the back end, that makes you think of like that bitter yeastiness from the roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. Paul Paul has had a sip of it. I had a sip of it. Oh, you had a sip. I thought yeah. you didn't have it. Paul, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't think I had it, and then John's like, no. You had a sip of it. You no, had a sip of it because I, I brought it home for my wife. Mm-hmm. I had a sip uh, there. Uh, I, I had to bring her that. home something because I brought you uh, a Jenny said to mm-hmm. have, and I brought over all the uh, my my three different uh, IPAs from. No, yeah. uh, I like from Twenty First Amendment the toaster pastry. Yeah, oh, that, that one's good. That malty, that malt that they use there to give it that biscuity kind of flavor. Yep, with that I little wish- bit of. I wish that's what was used in that cinnamon roll. I think that would have been like would have really rounded it out. See, I See, love. I, I I think the cinnamon roll is perfect as it is because wow. I, I took I a sip of it and I was like, "Yep, cinnamon roll." Like it was, it was perfect. It It's I love cinnamon rolls, and I'm constantly trying to find the cinnamon roll that I used to have at Cindy's cinnamon rolls, which were my favorite. So I've had lots of cinnamon rolls. Anytime I see some place that does a cinnamon roll, I'm like, give me that cinnamon roll. You know who used and to then do- I go, no, not Cindy quality. The beer to me is like a liquid cinnamon roll. Like oh. it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. And like I said, you get that little bitter yeastiness on the beer for breakfast. It's great. I, I, I want that on pancakes. I want to reduce that down to a syrup, but I know if I, if I ever buy it, I'm just going to wind up drinking it. I'm not going to cook with it. Well, I'll try to buy right. So what's happening right now is in um, one of my executives told me that they've been mixing the uh, Genesee Scotch Ale uh, brewed with chocolate. So it's a chocolate Scotch Ale. They've been blending that with the cinnamon roll, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. Um, so I told a customer, one of my regulars, is like, "Oh yeah," uh, they told they said to do this. So he did it for his wife, and mm-hmm. he had like half a bottle of each left. And he took a sip, and he's like, "I didn't feel like drinking that day. I didn't want to drink. I took a sip, and I poured myself a glass of it because it was that good. Because it gives it that even more like that sweet chocolatiness to it that you get out of a. He's like, you know, when I drink a beer like this from Southern Tier." I want a creme brulee. I mm-hmm. want it to be really sweet. I want it to be yeah, that dessert yeah. beer. And it kind of gives that little extra pick-me-up to mm-hmm. the the cinnamon, but it also, like, balances everything out. I haven't, I haven't had it, but, Chris, I will buy two bottles of those <laughs> for the next time I see you in January. That sounds, uh, so, that sounds so you delightful. Can, we can all try uh, it together. I thought what the story flip, was going to go someplace else. Okay, go ahead. What side of this, though? I picked up two bottles of the raspberry white that Southern Tier has too, because I was like, "Oh, like I like white ales. I like raspberry." I was not a fan. It was just 
way too subtle and way too light that I didn't get any flavor from it at all. Mm. That's the, I think that check the date on that. That it's like a year old beer. Um, I it's brand new. I think because uh, I hadn't seen it because they had it right on the end cap with all the other Southern Tier stuff. We had it last year, um, January, February. That was a new one from them last year. Because I saw it when I went for training in Rochester, I saw that and then came back to Buffalo and was like, hey, Cerdo guy, why don't I have this? And then every week I bugged him until he finally brought it in. Hmm. Know what we are bringing in right now, though? Yeah, it's a seasonal, so it's back out now. Okay. Know what's out right now or on Wednesday? New comic books. New comic books. Yeah. Uh, coming out on uh, November 15th, 2017. Uh, light week, guys. Chris, what are yeah. you looking forward to? Uh, I've been really bad about buying comic books, and I apologize to the listeners, and then I apologize to you guys, too, because you read my comic books. Uh, but this today, actually, I went back and I basically bought $60 worth of comics, and they were just complete arcs of all the books that I normally read. So next time I just sit down and have time and I can read comics, I can get like a complete story. I'm like two arcs behind on all the DC stuff. Uh, but my my pick for this week is Nightwing number 33, because this is the final part of the Raptor's Revenge. Uh, Raptor was introduced as an antagonist for Robin back when the series relaunched after the the rebirthness of the DC universe. Uh, I like that arc. I'm looking forward to having this character come back, kind of just that other side of the coin to Nightwing. Uh, but you know, I'm going to have to read the current Nightwing arc and then the arc after to, to get up to this point because I'm really far behind and that's nobody's fault but my own. Uh, and I am picking the book that both Paul and Chris thought would be my first choice, but is actually the only choice I have for uh, this week's uh, list, and that is Rasputin, Voice of the Dragon, number one, coming out from Dark Horse Comics, written by Mike Manola and Chris uh, Robertson, art by Christopher Mitten. So this is uh, Rasputin, who's been missing since 1916, who is now going to be part of Hitler's inner circle. Uh, Yep, sounds like a John book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Hopefully it'll be enjoyable. I've actually been enjoying the um, Hellboy uh, Hellboy and um, the paranormal, you know, BPRD. The 1955 one? Yeah, 1954. Cold War era. Because it's been like them taking on like just another like a little horror genre um the one kind of feels like it's the thing the other the other ones are different like are you little... picking up that board game by the way the thing no board game? no i feel like it would just ruin it for me oh so the... there's a thing board game yeah where somebody's infected it was like a oh that's kind of cool it was like an expensive kickstarter and then i think mondo was selling it really expensive and then uh, 
Somebody well, wanted can, to get it for me for Christmas. Okay, but so. no, my only question is, can you be Wilford Brimley? <laughs> uh, yeah, it has all the character. You you get to play it. You get to play as all the characters, and then I think somebody they get a they are let know that they're infected, or nobody's infected, and then you have to play the game. I own Battlestar Galactica, the board game, and it's basically the same kind of premise. Where who, who's a Cylon? Yeah, everybody has the same. You know, all the characters are out there, but they randomize who a Cylon actually is. Yeah. Um, so it depends on how you play it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, I just saw a review of it, and I'm like, Ken would probably like this game because he liked the co-ops with a hidden traitor. Yeah, I like Clue Mu- Museum Caper. Yep. Um, that's it's also one of the best John Carpenter movies. It is. I, I don't know. I he, he's, he's done some good stuff, but he's he's done some bad things as well. Oh yeah, I, like most people. It, but I mean, you see Kurt Russell on the poster, you know. You know it's going to be good. Right. Um, so I'm hoping this is going to be good. I've always enjoyed Rasputin in that Hellboy world. So this is his rise. I have Maybe? To, yeah. I don't know. I have to say, damn you, Eric. He's a friend of mine. Uh, because every time I mention Rasputin to him, he starts singing that one old song. Yo, yo, Rasputin. You know, I, I don't know how it goes, but somehow it still gets stuck in my head. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. Uh, well, I'll find it eventually, and I'll put it in the show. But for now, we're going to talk about my book, because I have Star Wars fever, baby! Star Wars fever! Oh, wait, Paul? Paul? Yeah? As someone who had Star Wars the, uh, fever two months ago, be careful, because that can lead to Waste Mindu. Waste... Oh, my <laughs> God. Wait, yeah, it was, a, it was a Waste Windu you had... <laughs> It was a waste. I'm, I'm was getting a waste. sweet baby Java in backwards, uh, bastard. It was yeah, a waste. Mace Windu and uh, the Captain Phasma book wasn't great either. Oh. I didn't a, mind the Captain Phasma. It was Captain Phasma. You got, you got and, screwed and, on that anthology where you'd already gotten all the issues. Oh, the droids. <laughs> they were backups in other books. Captain Phasma, a hard day out of the office. <laughs> it should have been called. Ah, oh, damn. Didn't go right. Oh, but she looks like she's uh, on the top of her game in Last Jedi, though. Yep. But yes, continue, Paul. Star Wars. So, star- since it's a light week, I'm going to jump back in on a new, uh, new storyline for uh, Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number 14. Uh, written by Karen Gillan and C. Superior? Superior? Cy Spurrier. Cy Spurrier. Oh, okay. Wow, I was way off. And uh, art by Emilio Lacio. And uh, Dr. Asma's, Asma's antics are causing more mayhem yet again. So you're just jumping in in the middle. You're just, Paul you're, does that, you're, you're Paul, and you're just, you're, <laughs> I haven't even, we maybe read issue one. Yep. I think it was one okay, that well, we no, just, we, I don't think we read issue one, but we were reading the Darth Vader middle management book when Dr. <laughs> Afro was introduced. Uh-huh. And she had, like, her crazy droids. So we were like, okay, like, we're cool. Like, this is... This is dope. And then she got her own book, but it was at that point that we weren't reading as much of the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I feel like it was discussed that we were going to do it, and then we never did, so... Say, maybe number 14. Well, I, th- I think at that time show. we were also... Like, we read Chewbacca, we read uh, Lando. I think there was a bunch of other Star Wars stuff that came out mm-hmm. at that time frame, so it just kind of was one of those, like, uh, do you do you read the new character or do you read the Lando book kind of thing? Yeah. What are you, did he find this song? Boney M. Rasputin, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boney M. Rasputin. <laughs> yep. 
I like how Paul it. just says it back, like, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's the one. That sounds like it. Skip ahead a little bit. Yo, yo, Rasputin. It's, there's a part in there, and it's just, like, crazy. But anyways, I gotta go find another beer for us to drink. We gotta get ready for a dramatic reading. But we'll be right back with all of that. He was That's the song. That's it right there. <laughs> Ra Ra Rasputin by Bowen E.M. And like I said, that was a musical interlude. But now, a dramatic reading brought to you by the Bagnon Broadcast from Gem and the Holograms, issue one, panel page... I lost the thing. Chris, you know you're reading this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just like, to get through it. <laughs> Page 8, panel 6. I don't know if I can ever just be your friend. I understand. And that is a dramatic reading from Gem and the Holograms. Issue 1, page 8, panel 6. Uh, so before Thanks we get- for not letting us read it. Yes, yeah. That was supposed <laughs> to be one of your picks. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it disappeared it, off the list, and it was not good at all. No, that's. I thought I would make this my night force for you guys, <laughs> but John's like, no, just no. It's even worse. I, I veto. I you do have some type of veto power, I guess. Uh, and I also, don't, but you do. And uh, Chris made us extremely jealous with him having a backwoods bastard. So Paul and I opened up a new beer. It's a barley wine, like a backwards bastard. Oh, Paul hates barley wines. It's barrel aged, which I love. <laughs> you guys, you guys like sat down and did like that one month where like, no, Paul, you're gonna love barley wines by the end yeah. of the month, and I did. <laughs> I did. They're, they're good. Um, this is from Voodoo Brewery, one we of our talk- favorites, which we talked about. That's uh, out of Meadsville, PA. They have uh, three, three different lo- breweries. They've got three locations now. Yeah. Uh, one in Erie, PA, which is closest to us. And this is Caution Contains Real Pumpkin. And this is uh, a, from their Barrel Room collection, even though it's yearly released. And it's not part of their Barrel Room collection. But they barrel-aged it. Yeah. And uh, this is delicious. This is 11. On the bottom, it says what's in it. This is brewed with and aged on pumpkin. Madagascar vanilla beans and cinnamon in bourbon barrels. Uh, yep, sounds good. <laughs> and, and in the brewing in the brewing process, they use 200 pounds of pumpkin while they're brewing this barley wine, and this is absolutely fantastic. This is exactly what I expect from Voodoo with something they're barrel aging. Um, I think everything we've ever had from their barrel room has knocked my socks off. Man, bear pig. Man, bear pig. Uh, this 
what they do is what I grade everyone else's barrel aging mm-hmm. to. Uh, and this is a small, teeny tiny little place. Um, yeah. And but gosh darn it, it is fantastic. Um, I like two out of their three locations on Facebook, just so I can try to figure out when they're releasing that barrel age collection. But they always announce it the day of, and son of a bitch. It's like, I'm at work right now. How can you release it while I'm working? Like, yeah. don't do... Why Why it's, on a weekday? It's shitty. Uh, I Tell me on a Friday that's going to come out on time, a Saturday, and I'll drive. The last time we got it, I it was... Uh, I worked. I, I used to work really, really early, mm-hmm. and I was. Uh, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I was sitting on the toilet before I got in the shower, and I was like, "Oh man, they're doing a barrel release." And I messaged Paul, being like, "Paul, they're doing a barrel release," and he's like, "Well, let's. What time are you out of work? What time am I out of work?" There was a lot of us just going like, "We're driving down through Pennsylvania, and we're like checking like they still have some." They still have some. I reboot. Mm-hmm. Yep. They still I get have a some. phone call from work while we're driving down because I left at like three. Because I'm like, screw it. I'm salaried. I'm allowed. I'll work an extra hour yet during the next time. Anyways, this place is going to go under. It's not like they're <laughs> going to come back and take away my severance. Uh, <laughs> screw them. Uh, they do listen to this podcast, yeah, though. Of course. Uh, the thing is, there was I wasn't going to be able to go down because we were going to do this whole reset reboot of the whole network, and they needed me there at night, like overnight. Well, someone else couldn't just unplug it and plug it back in? <laughs> they don't trust anybody else. They got McGowan. <laughs> but then they said, no, we can't do it tonight. We don't have the support from our, you know, from AT&T to, that actually runs our network. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm out. Thanks very much. I'm going to leave at 3. Let's go. We're going to do it. And so I knew I was going to make up that time later on during the week when we would do the stupid network reset that would take two hours of me just standing there being like, yep, network's up. Um, so I left early. John and I are driving down. I get a call from IT being like, hey, Paul, you still at work? And I'm like, no, I left early. We're going to be doing that computer reset like later on this week. And they're like, oh, we can actually do it tonight. And I'm like, no, we can't. I'm in. I just crossed the PA border. It's like... What are you doing in Pennsylvania? I'm getting beer. (laughs) Oh, you can't get that in New York? Not this beer. Don't make me turn around. He's like, okay. I'll come up with some reason why you left early. I'm like, thank you. I hung up the phone. That was the last time. We should have got two. You should have got two. I was getting married that year. I couldn't do it. Uh, So I I was going to buy it. What I love on this bottle was, yeah, but I, I feel guilty. Even though I bring beer for you yeah, all the time. I know. I always feel guilty. Uh, so this says, trust us on this one. We're great with statistics. Real pumpkins were harmed in the making of this beer. Product of America. Uh, the cinnamon, the pumpkin, the vanilla just lingers on the tongue. The cinnamon is there. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, all stories aside about this beer, uh, amazing. Amazing mm-hmm. in the sense that I would... Just talk about, before we recorded, driving back mm-hmm. out on a Tuesday when I had my day off to try to buy more of this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh darn it, this is good. Guys, if you're ever in the north... If you're ever in Eastern, Pennsylvania. North, northeast Pennsylvania, just near Pittsburgh, near Erie, PA, near Meadville. Meadville isn't really a... It is a place, but it's not really a place. Uh, 
find Voodoo Brewery, stop there, just pick up whatever they have on tap, or whatever they're offering. You will not be disappointed. I thought they might be just one of those dark beer only, barrel aged room collection only kind of beers, but then I had HTP, Hazy Afternoon, uh, their IPAs are stellar. Um, stay away from was, Grand Matt. Was Hazy Afternoon what we had on the the Not episode, or was that, that the, was HTP. the real episode? Uh, okay. The Not episode we had HTP. Uh, gotcha. I also had, before that episode, the Hazy Afternoon, and then while we were also recording, I had their Canadian IPA, spelled E-H, because, you know, Canada A. And that was uh, Not Episode 354, if you want to go back and check it out. Yeah, listen to my review there. <laughs> Voodoo Brewery knows what they're doing, hands down. The only one I would suggest not getting is Grand Met, because... Save your money, get everything else first. We had that three-year-old barrel-aged version of it that was phenomenal. Yeah, but their IPA <laughs> is that much better. They're, Here's they're, the thing. I, dark beers I, are so much better. I always feel really, really guilty when we drink those without Chris. Because Chris, I mean, he yeah, was yeah. there when we formed that love for barrel-aging. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, and it was because he was probably working, but he did not go stand in line for 12 hours in the freezing cold, Mike was upset with me because he thought I was going to be a beer meal for him, like get the allotment. And I was just so annoyed that I stood out there for that long. I'm like, no, I'm keeping it all. Yeah, but, but Mike also respected that. He, yeah, he's fine. He was fine with he it. He was fine. He's like, no, I understand. Cause it was uh, have you talked to him since the breakup or no? Uh, I've, I've run into him at my new store a couple times. And his wife, when very nice people. They are very nice. I, I like Mike. I, I should hang out with Mike. Maybe he'll. I'd like to uh, hang out with Mike again. <laughs> Make that a thing. No one's stopping you. Well, I don't. I don't have any other beer because I. Yeah, you got Because I only had the two. So, but I, I do want to give a special shout out to the ones that had it, uh, Dead Lizard, because I had to look them up because I couldn't remember their names. Because um, most of their beers are named after lizards and i i drank a lot in succession so i couldn't remember so uh apologies for that first and foremost uh but the ones that i had there that we didn't have when you were down here john were the uh komodo dragon chocolate stout that was aged on uh bourbon barrel wood Mm -hmm. delicious the uh Gila Monster Chocolate Coffee Stout, Ooh. and then the Annal Bourbon Nut Brown. How's the Nut Brown? Nut Browns always, um, they're a danger to me. I'm always afraid to order them because they're either too watery or it's like a fake nut flavor. Okay, this, I mean, again, just to kind of preface this off, this is a really small brewery. They don't have any bottling or canning. They basically just brew their stuff to have on tap there at the brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, they celebrated their first anniversary this past week. When you take a sip of it, it was like a bourbon pop up front, and then it just soothed out into like the nut brown, a really nice nuttiness on it. I was genuinely surprised at how good it was because I'm the same way. I feel like a lot of nut browns I get, it's just nutty wateriness. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, there, there wasn't anything to that, and I, I have to finish the rest of this beer. And then when you take your sip, you're like, okay, there's the nut, and then as soon as like you lower your glass or the bottle or can, it's gone. Uh, this this did not have that. I actually put it at a 3.75. Uh, really good. 
The Gila Monster Coffee uh, Chocolate Coffee Stout, I put it at 3.5. And then the Komodo Dragon Chocolate Stout, uh, aged on bourbon wood, I uh, put that at a 4. Really great beers. They didn't do growler fills on any of those ones because they were just done for their anniversary. But, uh, yeah, those three beers just made me be like, okay, like this is a place I need to go back to you know, once a week just to see what they have on tap, what's different. So, you talk, yeah. you talk to that waitress again? <laughs> she hey, was there the... Okay, the one day I went back, um, I did growler fills because I was making stew and I wanted something to use as base. Uh, so I got a growler of the, the IPA and then I got a growler of the, the red ale. Uh, just because. But I would have used the red ale for the stew. I, I wanted to drink the red ale. I, the, the red ale had like no. The like, red ale oh, was really good. The red ale was really good, but it had like a. Like, I I don't know how to describe this, but like it had that funkiness to it that I don't know how that would translate into the stew. There was a weird, a weird funk right at the front. Sure, it was like a it was a fuzziness, and I don't know if you remember it well enough to. It was it was my first beer of the day. To recall that. But yeah, there, there was something too that made me think like, oh, I don't know about this, because I actually wanted to go get their um, the black lager they had, the the Charon's Oval. Yeah, that would have been good in the stew. But they they didn't do growler fills of that, so mm. it's just like, oh, okay, well, I I just I picked the IPA because it was round enough that I was like, yeah, you know, this this is basically just gonna be a liquid that I can slow cook beef in. How was the stew? It was delicious. I still have some left, but it's basically down just to like pieces of potato and then like celery at this point. Mm. I, I love having a slow cooker, but that's besides the point because we talk about comic books. <laughs> what? Not beer and recipes? All right. So, well, we 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 do. I mean, we should. Let's let's talk about all of Paul's awful books first, <laughs> and then talk about my awful book last. All right, so uh, let's we'll, start. we'll talk about my awful book that nobody else read because I bought it too late. Well, why don't you start? Why don't you start with that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, my <laughs> awful book that actually, when I wound up reading, I was like, okay, this would be the my least favorite, but it wasn't the worst because it was just the one that was like. The best of the worst, I guess. Uh, and this is Harley and Ivy Meet Betty and Veronica, number one. And this is a collaboration from DC Comics and Archie Comics, where it's the story of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy meeting Betty and Veronica. Uh, because it turns out Mr. Lodge, Veronica's dad, has plans to basically build over a swampland that lives outside of Riverdale. He's going to offer free college for people at a state-of-the-art learning facility. Doesn't matter if it's free college. This is upset uh, Pamela Isley, a.k.a. Poison Ivy. And it's up to her and Harley Quinn to go make sure this doesn't happen. Just so happens to happen the same week as a costume party that Mr. Lodge is throwing where Betty and Veronica dress up as Harley and Ivy. Not a great book. Written by Paul Dini, so it has a little bit of fun to it. I'm not mad that you guys didn't read this because I added it to the list like half an hour before we started recording because 
I was an idiot this past week, and we were talking about something else for the show. Not what are you bad. Talking about next week. Not, next week. Next week. I'm I'm prepped. I'm ready to go. Uh, not terrible, but again, it, this is something that if this was a one shot, I would be like, okay, this was worth the four ninety nine that I think I paid for it. I I can't see one to read any more of this after the fact. I'm I'm sorry. This is written by Paul Dini. Paul Dini. Wow. I thought this was going to be a Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, Amanda Condor kind of book. Oh, well, I mean, luckily we had enough of the uh, Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah. We, we get enough of Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah, we, got, we read that Jetsons book. <laughs> Come on. I thought that was the strongest of my books. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, the strongest of your books, but... Still not great. That's still not saying a lot, yeah. I'm more interested, knowing that it's Paul Dini, I'm actually more interested in reading it. I would want to read it because of Paul Dini. I made my wife watch uh, the first Mr. Freeze episode. Oh, Heart of Cold? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Kate it, was, and I, Kate. It, it was late at night. She was waiting for me to go to bed so we could go to bed together. Right. And every time like something would happen, I'd look at her and she'd be on her phone. And she's like, and then she'd just go, she's like uh, looking at her phone. She goes, I know you love it. You slapped that she's, phone she's, out of her hand. She's like, yeah, you love it. Mr. Fees is great. And I was just like, <laughs> well, at least you agree with me. <laughs> Man. Kate and I, 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 I don't want to like corner you, Paul, but I, since Paul Dini, or not Paul Dini, Jimmy Palmiotti wrote Justin's are, are We Heading There? Oh, uh, we'll head there next. But uh, I want to mention this conversation that we had because Kate woke up at like 5 a.m. and I was still trying to sleep. But she was talking about, you know, how she likes, you know, freezing everything for. She's like, we're going to make mashed potatoes tonight and I'm going to freeze the leftovers. She's like, yeah. And you've been in my bathroom. She just grows random shit. Like in, well, no, you've been growing avocados yeah. for like nine years, yeah, yeah. and nothing's happened except <laughs> no. for I, I don't know. We just throw out the as it gets to a some point, out, and we you, throw it out. You throw out and your then beer we, tasting glass, but you keep the rancid avocado, right? No, no, no. <laughs> we throw out the rancid avocado, and then we put new avocado and start growing again because that's what Kate does. She's like, oh, something has to be growing in the bathroom, so she decided she was a weird mix of poison ivy and. She said, Captain Freeze. And I'm like, e- I'm like, not a wig. That's either Mr. Freeze or Captain Cold. I said, no. I got it. For your wife, that's a pre- I, I, I give it that 50 50. That's a good mix that she got there. She, <laughs> she, she, she kind of got, got it. There. She kind of got, got it. There. I got up and I was so angry. <laughs> he smacked her. <laughs> I did not. You went and threw all those avocados out. <laughs> You're either Mr. Freeze. Or Captain Cold. And I love them both almost equally. But if you're saying if you're Poison Ivy, then you have to be Mr. Freeze. Same rogues gallery. I, like, went to bed at, like, I was playing Skyrim last night, so I went <laughs> to bed at, like, what one. You went to bed? I went to bed at whenever. You went to bed today. <laughs> and it's, like, 6.30 in the morning, and Kate's talking to me about this stuff, because I got up to use the bathroom, which meant, oh, oh I'm awake. No. I'm like, and um, so that happened. And so uh, she then decided that, no, Captain Cold is better than Mr. Freeze because of the Flash television show. Mm. And then I broke the news to her. 
that he's not going to be on the show anymore because Wentworth Miller, he's he, done. He, I think he'll still he'll show up here or there. He, he doesn't want to. This be. is the last season, though. No. He, he, like any, um, anything else that's going to get filmed, he's not going to be part of. I, I what had, else is he doing? Like, didn't thought, they finish that Prison Break thing? Like. I thought he was going back for the relaunch of the prison break. He, yeah, but he didn't did. that already happen? He did go back for oh, that. Really? He actually he had like a weird like uh, a weird thing where he left acting, then came back, and then people on social media were mean to him, and he was like, "Hey, listen, I have a lot of fucking problems, mm-hmm. emotional, and, and you people aren't helping." Uh, but I also had a similar situation, Paul. Where this is all a better topic than our books, than listeners. Our books. Stay for this. So leave for the books. Uh, my wife said, "Hey, do you want to go see uh, um, Murder on the Orient Express?" And I'm like, "Yes, I love Agatha Christie mm-hmm. novels. One of my favorite books is, and then there were none. Like I was like, yeah, no, I do." And she's like, "Okay, uh, it's a ten ten fifteen showing, and we're gonna go with my friends." And I was like, "Oh, ten fifteen at night. Ten fifteen at night." I am. That's late for an Agatha Christie movie. My my bedtime is ten o'clock. It at has night. Daisy Ridley in it though, so. Uh, and it also has Kenneth Branagh playing Hercule Poirot mm-hmm. with a with craziest, a craziest mustache. mustache ever. So I'm like, oh, I don't really don't want to do that. And then I made up a fake thing called like, oh, we're gonna go there and your friends are gonna want to play movie phone. And my wife's like, what's movie phone? I'm like, you don't know what movie phone is? And they played this whole thing that she didn't know what movie phone is. So, but we go. But there. what's movie phone? I don't know. <laughs> she kept asking, and I was like, "That's not movie phone. You don't know what movie phone is? I used to play movie phone all the time, and it drove her crazy." We got, we got to come up with a game now for backstory. <laughs> no, we just talk about movie phone, but never play it, and she drives her nuts. Uh, yeah, but th- I feel like this is Tig from Lord of the Rings. Basically, sounds like it. You can't Tig on a tog. Everybody knows that. She's smart enough to suss out an idiot, and we're idiots. So, uh, still better than our books. Still everybody. better than our books. So we are. Uh, we go see this, and I, 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 I had a little coffee before I went. I'm pretty mm-hmm. awake, so we're driving. We're driving back, and she's like, "And while we were there, we decided we were going to go to Justice League, and we we messaged Paul to say, are you, do you and Kate want to go? Paul, do you and Kate want to go, or just you? Just me. Okay, Kate. We're, it's like I'll no, let my wife know. We'll buy the tickets. Uh, uh, I said, I said to Kate, "Do you want to go see Justice League?" She's like, "Ah, oh, I'm not interested." In it. And I'm like, "Wonder Woman's going to be in it." And you liked Wonder Woman? She's like, "Yeah, she has a vagina. I have a vagina. Doesn't matter." <laughs> I'm like, "All right." <laughs> so wonderful. We're driving home. My wife's like, "You got to drive. I'm so tired." So then we're driving home, and all she's doing is asking me questions about Justice League. And it was this weird moment where I was like, "Well, you know, like." Yeah, Cyborg's going to be in it. I, re- you know, I, I, for some reason, DC really is pushing the Cyborg for for Justice League comic books, Justice League movie. You know, when really you're missing characters like Martian Manhunter, this or that. Mm-hmm. And then she's like talking to me endlessly about Martian Manhunter because all Los she knows Oreos. is she watched the um, she watched Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Martian Manhunter would be so cool. Blah blah blah. And I'm having this conversation with my wife, me talking about the comic book version, and then her talking about this TV version, and nothing is adding up, and I'm getting more and more angry while I'm driving, and I'm like, well, yes, he can look like that, but he can look like anything he wants. He projects it in people's heads, like, you, 
<laughs> like driving home at like one o'clock in the morning. So. How is Kenneth Branagh's uh, mustache? Murder, murder, murder on the Orient Express. Um, and mustache. Her and her friends were like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, that's that's the book. Mm-hmm. It's basically the only thing I had that I didn't like is at the end of the thing he gets off. He get off. He gets off the mm-hmm. Orient Express, and somebody's like, oh. We need you to come with us. Why do you need me to come with you? There's been a death on the Nile. And I'm like, oh. They really shoehorned that shit in. That was like one of my segues. It was really bad. And I was That's like, a Paul segue. I was like, do you need to set up a sequel? It's a fucking Hercule Perot novel. You just start a new movie. You don't you, need it. Your mom loves Perot, though. Well, she does. I That's was, half the reason I do it, because I used to watch all those like PBS, PBS yeah. murder mysteries, mm-hmm. and I'd watch all those Hercule Perots. There's like yeah. 11 seasons of that. The, the Perots were the best ones. Oh, yeah. Of and course. He, if, if that uh, that weird Belgian guy did a great job playing yeah. that role. If, <laughs> if at any time, after all those uh, uh, gory, you know, that gory uh, intro Our, yeah. uh, stopped, <laughs> stopped and it wasn't Hercule Perot, I was like, no, I'm leaving. I'll... Read a freaking book. I don't care. This see, is... the thing you miss, though, is sometimes you watch those, you get to see tits. <laughs> They'd have boobs on there, and I'd be like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so we, we still need to talk about the Jetsons. <laughs> so the Jetsons, everybody. We go into the Jetsons. Chris, what? did you have anything more to say about Betty no, and like, Veronica? I, I, I told you what the book was, who wrote it. Uh, We're interested. That, that was basically it. If it worked as a one shot where you got like a full story for four ninety nine, sure, why not? But four ninety nine, the first part, yeah, the or three ninety nine, whatever I paid, it should have been a one shot. Well, the justice was three ninety nine, so get ready, strap Ooh, on in. Was it? God, I'm sorry. It's okay. I thought this was the strongest of the books. It's a uh, it's a take on the Jetsons, where George Jetson is kind of a, an aloof. Worker, but he's actually good at his job. He's like a mechanic kind of guy. He's a mechanic. He's, he's not just pressing a button for uh, for these eighteen hour work days. These three day work weeks are killing me. He actually is doing real work. He's working overtime. He's he, he's staying late, getting this stuff done. Uh, and then his wife, Jane, his wife, she apparently is a. Oh, she, let me guess. She goes crazy with shopping. No, she's actually this member of a secret council, science council, that realizes that the Earth is about to be struck by yet another meteorite. And uh, it's going to cause some Because the shit. first meteorite led to basically the structure of mankind, which led them to go into space. Mm-hmm. And they, since then, they've been able to resettle kind of in the atmosphere. With and all the hovering plants, the, yeah. the, the hovering... The hovering uh, cities. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, then we get, you know, uh, his boy Elroy that's hanging out with Basie Sprocket's daughter. And they're going and, like, basically, they're like Tomb Raiders. That was the most interesting part of this they're book. underwater it, Tomb Raiders. It was, but it comes so early in the book that I still wasn't ready for it. Uh, I yeah. love that they were going to the MoMA in New York City, the Museum of Modern Art, and stealing, like, like look for a tube that's still intact. Okay. Oh, this let's grab. It's it got out. this number on it. It's got this. Mm-hmm. I really wanted that piece of art to be shown at the end of yeah. the book, uh, which it wasn't, no. because then like the the dog. Hey, hey, hey. hold off for season for episode for uh, issue two, John. 
Can I, I will not surprise? be holding off for issue uh, no, two. It, uh, if you ever buy issue two, I'm going to slap you because I'm be like, why are you just – if you want to throw money away, buy me more beer. Just buy me another beer. Uh, so I have to buy you a beer and also buy the next book. No, don't buy the next book. So I got to buy you two beers and buy the next yeah, You buy it in secret and don't – got to go buy a hard copy so you can hide it from me. But uh, that's the family because Judy doesn't do anything. Astro doesn't do anything. And uh, but then also Rosie the Robot is – George Justin's dead mom who's been placed into a robot? Well, yeah. She chose to go into robot form, is what there's... Mm-hmm. It's, instead of getting, like, a facelift, she's like, eh, I'm just gonna go be a robot. She's like, I'm so... I was so fragile. I was so afraid of breaking half constantly. Now that I'm been up... Now that I'm a robot, robot, I'm dragging you into the shower. Just like I used to do when you were a little kid. I don't when, know. It's, it's when I saw this book was questions. one of the ones that we were going to be reading, I thought this was going to be like the Flintstones book that had an air of fun about it. And it was like, wow, this is wonky. Yeah, this has it's, like it's, so it's much. It's tackling modern day problems through like the view of a, a Stone Age family. I wasn't expecting a gritty reboot of the Justins that starts with an apocalypse. It's not, but I never feel like it's gritty. Well, I I, I feel like it's, it's not definitely not gritty. What? But if you go back to like the like nineteen nineties two thousands Lost in Space movie, ugh, yeah, that's that's the taste that was in my mouth when I read this book because I was like with Matt LeBlanc, tra- with Matt LeBlanc and Lacey Chabert. Yep, that one. That's not, it's uh, not space. Too, it's not space. I, I feel bad. like it's trying. It's trying to be edgy and mature, but it just comes off as like I. I don't care. Like I went into this expecting just like a f- kind of fun space family, mm-hmm. and what I got was just really wordy, and I didn't care about any of the characters. And then they accidentally set off like a chain reaction of like nukes. That basically Underwater. blows up the yeah the meteorite, and it's only a four issue, or maybe it's a six issue miniseries. I don't know. Actually, the thing is, I uh, I read recently uh, Neil Stevenson's Seven Eves, which basically deals with the same issue of like meteorites falling and like destroying the Earth and having to go up to space, and then like what Earth looks like after that all comes down. So I, but you're missing a talking dog and Jane. Get me off this crazy thing, because that's what this book is missing. That see, I kept on. So you guys were trying to read the Jetsons, and I kept on. Yeah, like, because you know I'm why reading, I was reading the Jetsons. I'm reading the Jetsons. I know, and I kept on reading the cartoon version of Seven E's, because Neil Stevenson doesn't give a shit about you being happy or anything. He's going to kill off everybody. And uh, you're just going to have to deal with it. So I, I follow Jimmy Palmiotti on Instagram. Okay. And uh, I, I always enjoy what he puts up. He puts up a lot of like old pictures of him and early artists before they got famous. He does a lot of stuff with him and uh, Amanda Connor, and, you know, different, yeah. different things. It's always enjoyable. But he put up a picture of his Jetsons book with the, the caption that says, like, very proud of all the mixed reviews means I'm doing something right. And I saw that before 
I read this book. And then I'm like, yeah, I understand the mixed reviews. I don't think you're doing anything right. Like, yeah. There's something... If you're doing a Jetsons comic book, just because you're naming characters George Jetson, mm-hmm. Elroy... It's not. It doesn't mean you're doing... It's not a Jetsons book. It's, John, you couldn't see this because I live in Florida and you live in Buffalo. Uh, as soon as you said that, I just did like a full body nod where like my back got into it and I was like hunched over. I was like, yeah, you got it. It's not, it's not, it's not Jetsons. And, and, and the thing of like, oh, the kids stealing a spaceship to go Mm -hmm. get this picture for their dad, blah, blah, blah. And then the family comes together at the end of the issue to celebrate his birthday. And Hey, here's the picture we got you. That never happens. It's right. more like, hey, it's your birthday. Nobody's awake for it. I'm the robot. You got to go to work. <laughs> it's, it's, like, they got, candles. it's it's coming up still. Two days. They got two days. But it's just like, oh. And like I keep waiting for like the fun. It's a, I mean, yeah, okay. I, we all watched Jetsons when we were kids. And we were uh-huh. watching reruns of the Jetsons. Yeah. And we were watching... We were watching, we watching the, the stupid the Flint, movie with we were watching the, army. the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. And Jane, get me off this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And Astro going, rah, 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 rah. this book doesn't have that. This book doesn't capture what the Jetsons were. Yeah. And this book, in my mind, does not need to exist. Why call it the Jetsons? Why do this? Here's the thing. Because if you call Scooby it anything Doo, else, it will not sell. Scooby-Doo and the Apocalypse. Hey, okay, you're doing a gritty take of Scooby-Doo. We're during, going right into uh, during, Jughead and the Hunger, right? During the Apocalypse. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, cool. I'm cool with right. that book because that book is promoting that. This book is called Jetsons. So if it was called the Jetsons and the Apocalypse... Yeah, then I don't stand. Well, no, because even then, like I, I feel like when you're selling it as the Jetsons, it's like no, it's these characters, it's the family. Mm-hmm. Here they are in in the apocalypse. You, you're basically just seeing all the characters separate on their own. Rosie's the only one that interacts with anybody. More than one character. Well, yeah, yeah like the, the, the it, it's with the daughter, and she goes, "Oh, you don't look like a slut." <laughs> maybe maybe you put a little color in that you're wearing a white dress like that's it that's that's it with the daughter uh-huh. and then she's just like Elroy's doing his homework I'm gonna I, wake I, you up I'm I'm saddened by this and Paul I I, I don't love want John's to, robot accent though that's Rosie oh, he does a great Rosie that's Rosie I don't want you to feel attacked but the the Flintstones book we read like four or five months ago whenever it was yeah. That made I sat down. I read that. I was like, "Oh my god, the Flintstone books, great!" I I feel like I missed out on like the, the first issue that I four or five was issues. About having a single person, we didn't read it for the show. We, okay, I was going to say like I don't I don't remember reading. Chris and I read it. It was no, about, I thought we were going to read it for the show because Paul had purchased it. So I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, okay, he bought Flintstones, whatever." So yeah, we're we're probably going to talk about. It this. was like like Flintstones number four. Like he bought it like after I the book. In. I just pulled in on it, and it happened to be. Uh, an epi- issue all about uh, polygamy or, and monogamy, where the rest of the town was going crazy because Fred wanted to marry Wilma, and that was it. And all the other cave people were like, no, you got to marry more than one woman. 
You gotta sow your seeds. Yeah, you gotta sow your seeds, man. <laughs> and that's, you know, and and that's how Pebble is born. And that's how Pebble is born. And we read, <sighs> we we were forced to read Jetsons. And now let's let's talk about uh, Jughead the Hunger. Jughead the Hunger, which we talked about a one shot uh, on a not episode. I'm pretty sure. Which I when I saw that this was the book that Paul picked and purchased, and then we were reading, I was like, we already read this. Did he double buy the same book? Like, is this a second printing? But no, this is the spinoff from the original one, Jughead one the Hunger number one. Where he uh, ex- uh, starts to eat uh, Reggie at the end of that book, and this is him. Jughead has run away to join the circus and try to hide away from everybody and locks himself up at night so he can't get at. And, he can't and, hurt anyone anybody else. Because he now realizes that, yes, he is a werewolf. Uh, Betty Cooper is a werewolf so, hunter. hunter. Suddenly a Van Helsing. And Archie is kind of thrown in the middle of it all. Because he still wants to save his best friend. Yeah. Uh, I think this but is... But that isn't Hot Dog that he's hanging out with. Right? No, he's got a new dog. That's so sad. This is probably the book I liked the most out of everything we had to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not saying much, because this isn't... Well, it's, not the, as, it's not the best. It's not Afterlife with Archie. Um, it's not as No, good. There, there wasn't a lot to it, but I, I agree. This is the book that I kind of appreciated the most. Um, because you have, you have him, and he's run away, but he's still trying to protect the people around him. It's still mm-hmm. Jughead. He's not an asshole. He's not just going to be like, I'm a werewolf. I'm going to kill everybody. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He's run away. He's called himself, Miss, you know, Smith, Smith yeah. Smitty. He's trying to do that, which would be a normal person when it comes to being a werewolf. Like, you don't want to hurt people. You're not evil. Um, and then so he locks himself away, and then he wakes up the next morning having killed somebody and is sleeping in the lion cage with all the lions and lionesses. Well, you know, uh, Archie and um, Betty are meeting. And, and her cousin Bo. Yeah, cousin Bo, who's going to teach Which, him. Who doesn't Who doesn't need to exist, but they, they bring him in. Uh, what really didn't need to exist, and Paul's left to use the restroom, and this is his his baby here, you really didn't need the phone call of, from Reggie as a werewolf talking to Veronica to kill her because it also doesn't make sense like when you turn the page Veronica's like opening a side door in her mansion and then and he's the, behind her well no he's outside you can see that he's outside the window but then see, the, I, no I saw that as like the reflection because if you look on the ground like his shadows there oh the okay that makes more sense that he's in the vestibule he's already there He's in the house. But here's the thing. He, he's not. He doesn't have a phone in his hand. How is he making this phone call? What bothered me about this book is if everything that we read took place within like the first four or five pages, and then it led into the attack on Veronica from Reggie, then I'd be hooked into it. But it was a lot of setup for stuff that I kind of already knew. 
Because from reading the, the first one shot. It was catch-up on what happened before. Yeah. And it, it, it was 20 pages of catch-up, and then you get two pages of, like, Jughead being at the circus, like, oh, no, I, I killed the one person who reached out and talked to me. Whoops. Oh, Reggie's attacking Veronica. To be continued. It, it was a lot of build-up for stuff that didn't have to happen, because if you're reading this book, you're probably already aware of the the archie horror stuff like you've you've already read jughead the hunger this is now under a new imprint which is archie's madhouse number one which is now going to encompass art sabrina sabrina the uh, creepy what is this creepy story Uh, afterlife of archie yeah and this book the thing is is this book needed to have been its own launching point well well, yes but also this book needed to be Jughead running away and trying to protect people from being the werewolf, <laughs> but then realizing that he's got a nemesis in Reggie who's embracing being the werewolf and trying to kill everybody. And somebody and, else that's And then somebody leave. hunting Jughead with then him trying to stop it. And that needs to happen within this first issue, not within the first storyline, because you need to know where this thread is going yeah. To make it worth your while to picking up issue two. Afterlife with, you know, the hunger with Archie one shot got you to pick up this. Yeah. And I would agree. Mm-hmm. That would make that one you want to. That, that would make you want to pick this up. But this does not make you want to pick up issue two. Yeah. The and only, this is the, the book only I like the most. The only hook was like, oh, somebody like actually let up, let him loose off those chains. But it's such. But we don't know any other character right now. Yeah, and there's and so there's no like you can't be like oh it's probably that guy or maybe it's this guy or maybe this guy. So that mystery isn't or set maybe up. Maybe the, but were- they it the to werewolf be there. Jughead knows how to escape from magician chains. You just blew my mind with that. I didn't <laughs> think that was a possibility. You know, werewolf, werewolf, werewolf. Jughead is a magician. No, no. No, John. They're not. It's going to be someone Jug- else. Jug- Jughead, the werewolf, not werewolf. Jughead. Well, I don't know what you want out of this. What? 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 No. Werewolf. Werewolf man has nards. That's all I know. Wolfman's got nards. Mm-hmm. But he also like he wakes up. He wakes up fully clothed. So it, to me, he didn't change into the werewolf in this book because the clothes just... would be ripped. They show him early on oh, okay. ripping through his clothes and wearing his Jughead crown as the werewolf. Mm-hmm. So in this, he didn't kill that girl. It's all a setup to make him think that he killed her. But and who somebody would, else killed. Who would know that he's a werewolf? Who would know that he's a werewolf? Who would know to cover him in blood and put him in the lion's den and the lions wouldn't eat him alive? Or hope that he did get eaten alive. And but if you, if like that is the point, then you suicide. if that is the point, then you need to know, you need to show that somebody else is there yeah. doing this, mm-hmm. and then the Reggie's werewolf stuff is stupid. It's stupid. I want Veronica, Veronica to kill that Reggie. Just end it. Right the there. thing is, is she needs to let him in, and then as he's coming in. It's just Change. turning the thing, and then he changes. Mm. Not a werewolf making a phone call, scream style. Right. I'm right. already in the house. You know, it, it just... It, you know what a werewolf movie, which was pretty good? 
Christina Ricci's The Curse. I thought you were going to say Silver Bullet. I like The Curse. Oh, Silver Bullet I'll watch with you. It wasn't that good. The Curse. The Curse. That's only because you were masturbating the whole time <laughs> to uh, Christina, Ricci. Christina Ricci and then the guy who played... Jesse uh, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun. I you like that Ginger Snaps movie too, right? I don't know the Ginger, Ginger Snaps. Snaps is a better uh, werewolf movie. I don't know Ginger Snaps. I'll have to watch it after I watch Inhumans. After we finish reviewing, what was the other crappy book that I read? DC! Uh, oh. DC House of Horror, number one. DC oh, House of Horror, number one. Yeah, not even... There's DC's not even taking ownership of this. It's just DC House of Horror. What I love there's is... There's no possessive. You do the, the DC... DC House of Horror number one, and then you turn the page, and then it's like Journey in into Death, Dead Man, and then you're like, oh cool, well, that's man. not in the book. It's not in this we're, book. We're probably lucky with a glow in the all, dark it's all cover, from Neil guys. Adams. It's, it's not going to be great. Uh, so this is like there's li- uh, what I love on the cover is there's Wonder Woman playing the violin, so I'm like, oh cool, she's playing like the saddest song ever. Doesn't actually appear in this issue. No, this this cover is terrible. First of all, that's the yes. only part of the cover I actually enjoy. Is Wonder Woman playing the violin? Well, like, you got like Superman one. holding her legs, and then you have vampire. Batman's a vampire biting werewolf, werewolf flesh, <laughs> and then with creepy Grebbin Hal Jordan holding like a, a candle, candle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. turning it. into wax. So. <sighs> So that's the review of our cover. Let's get into all of the movie. All the so there's all of eight, the eight stories in this book. All of the plots, ideas by Keith Giffen, who it's all plot by Keith Giffen, and then other people actually writing them with with different artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which there, I, I I know Keith Giffen writing. Like I've read his stuff. I've seen his art. I feel like it was just him spitballing things. Where it's like. Uh, what if there's a monster story, but Superman's the monster, but he's a baby still? And then someone's like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll write that. It really does feel like it was just uh, Keith Giffen pitched this, and then they're like, okay, write it. And then he's like, well, well, I can't write this in time. Mm-hmm. Well, then we'll get other people to write it. Well, they don't know what I want. Well, tell them what you want. And then he told them what they want, and then the people tried they tried to capture what his idea was. This is so unfortunate because I've enjoyed these anthology books for so long. That's because there used to be fun in them. This this is trying to go for true horror. This is tagged, all mature, tagged all into gruesome gore. Horror. Everybody's getting attacked. This this bump in the night issue uh, story is the only one that's different. Everything else leads to like, no, they're all insane. It's all in their heads. Batman is crazy. Uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, he's crazy. Uh, the guy that's hanging out with Harley Quinn, he's crazy. Like, everything's a, the same That note. guy was being haunted by Harley Quinn's ghost. Oh, well, Chris would love it, because Harley Quinn is a uh, hitchhiking ghoul. I know, I hated that one but it's, maybe the most. But it's the hitchhiking ghost from uh, from the Haunted Mansion. No, it's She's not. Right. She is. She hitchhiked. What? I will ask this because there's eight stories in here, and we don't need to go through all of them. What what was the one that you liked the most out of this? 
and then maybe which one was the one you liked the least out of it. And uh, Paul's got to look it up because he didn't, he didn't like any of it. Chris, <laughs> no, I, I had to go back to like the uh, the title page that outlines. Yeah, that's what I'm trying the, to do. The writers too. and artists on each story, and I'm just looking through and being like, no, I. The zombie one I like the least. The thing is, is that zombie one to me it should have been Blackest Night, the Blackest Night one, which was. Yeah. Uh, Flash appearing, being bitten by somebody who's a zombie, and then mm-hmm. spreading it to the Justice League. The thing that would have been more interesting would have been Hal Jordan using his willpower to try not to die to then being a zombie, and then the the Justice League fighting a zombie Hal Jordan. And for some weird reason, him doing that. Versus the Flash just running around biting people. Yep. You're bit. It's like a, the worst game of tag ever. And then leading things like, hmm, Martian Manhunter's not turning into a zombie. Wonder Woman's not turning into a zombie. I'm turning into a zombie because the Flash bit my finger off. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the one that I I don't even want to say like the most, but dislike the least, would be the the last laugh by Nick Cutter and Rags Morales, uh. where... But okay, yeah, I, I it's know. all great. But the the artwork in it's good, and it's because mm-hmm. it's Rags Morales. That's true. It's but just a story even that. even then. It's it's basically Bruce Wayne having a conversation with, with himself. himself, and it turns out he's actually both Batman and the Joker because he's just a crazy person who killed his own parents. Mm-hmm. And it's that story. I feel like we've read that story before in different tones, in different ways, like. Oh, the Joker isn't really out there. He's just in your own mind. Uh, even Neil Gaiman's "Good Night, uh, Good Night Batman," like where Alfred's the Joker. Like it's yeah, in those de- the the legacy or whatever it was called. Uh, oh, the, the Batman. It was no, it was Batman books that's just done by all like the the big guys. Oh, oh, oh the black black and white. Kind of like that, yeah. Oh, okay. But they were doing it just for digital, and it was DC Legend, Mar- Batman Legends Legacy, or whatever it okay. was. Yeah. I I just felt like as I was reading that story, I just kept on like I've read this before, and I've read it in better ways, and mm-hmm. I do not like any of this. <laughs> um, but I, it was it was solid. It was done well. It, I think it was it was know. the one of the most well done ones. I kind of like Bump in the Night because it's the most one that's kind of true to like a horror thing because it has like... which it, Sorry, which one's that? That's, that's the Superman. one with Superman. It's the first Super one. Baby. Oh, okay. And it's it's the the shuttle crash lands. Superman's in there but he's more of like a critter who's going to kill everybody and he kills Jonathan. Martha's in the house by herself and she's like, no, you get out of the house, then you make a phone call, then you do, and it's her going against the horror movie tropes, trying to escape, constantly getting wounded, still trying to escape, but not being able to beat a super gremlin. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, her car blowing up at the end and the super boy yeah. flying off to cause more havoc. That was the one that I was like, okay, it's setting the tone. This is going to be against horror trope. Maybe this will be good. No, not really. Not really. 
It wasn't. None of these issues were fun. None of these stories were fun. Well, a lot of them didn't make sense either. They're they're written as the Ouija boy, like where Superwoman takes over this one woman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman takes over this one girl, and then she's speaking like Latin, and then it just doesn't. It was all Greek to me. That's the one that looked. I think the artist on that was the best part of it. It was the art was really good, but the book itself was awful. Um, the stories were awful, and they they feel like they're an idea that somebody told somebody to write, and then they tried to write from what that person said. It was the end. And that's of the what telephone this game. book was. It was the end of the telephone game, and it. It was the worst. It feels like it's Keith Giffen's idea. He had the plots. He told people what to write. And then people wrote those, not adding anything else in. And this book could have been so much more. Because those ones in the past, that story that was uh, Damian Wayne and Supergirl fighting that cult in that that Halloween issue was, like, the best. And these DC anthologies were always the best. It was uh, Supergirl issue. Which one is that? It was Batman Superman. Batman Superman issue number seventy-seven. Because I pulled it up. Because Josh Williamson, Al <laughs> Garcia. This book. This book made me go back through my pull, my uh, comic books. Uh, Fright books. Night. Go through my uh, my long long boxes to pull this issue out. Being like, I need to read a good DC hor- uh, comic yeah, this, book. I mean, there's never been like. An anthology book from DC for the holidays that I've sat back and been like, wow, like I enjoyed all this. But at least there's some sort of silver lining to the cloud where it's like, oh, you know, there's a lot of filler, but you know, these were ones that I really enjoyed. This one, I I couldn't walk out of it and say like, hey, you know what? Read this one story. I I can't recommend any of them. There's a an a Halloween anthology book <laughs> with Superman or a superwoman girl with Robin. And it's them, it's a small story. It's it does this ties into Darkest Night, Blackest Night. Okay. This is in the book. Oh, I throw it that. away. Oh, that one's pretty good. Begrudgingly. It, it it might be pretty good, but it's not that it was an oh. it was an anthology book that we read. Okay. Um and yeah, this Because that ends with Damien like at a bounce house. Yeah, that's not it though. Oh, that one's was fun. That yeah, Superman, Batman, number seventy-seven. But it was it was when we used to talk about DC anthologies, mm-hmm. and we would talk about the Halloween one, and it's all these little stories to, to, together. It's uh, the Christmas one. It's all these the stories Christmas together. one where it's a super Supergirl hanging out with Oracle, and they basically rerouted every single nine one one call to Oracle, and Supergirl goes out and fixes it, and like. There's, the, there's the, the, JC, the Gotham City Police Department doesn't know what the hell's happening, but they're not getting any calls at all, and they're just kind of like, okay, let's celebrate the new year, let's celebrate Christmas, you know, yeah. it's great. Those are those are what I was hoping this book would yeah. be, and this Me book too. is this book is not is not that. It is the worst, like hell. I I yeah, wish it's, it's it's bad. I just. What, in that scene I enjoyed with it Thor, more than Jetsons, though. That scene with Thor <laughs> in the movie uh, I'm talking about, when he's like, my sister's taken over in Asgard, and she's basically the worst. I wish I wish uh, Raphael came in there and went, the worst! Uh, what I love is you were like, Thor, the scene I'm talking about, 
like we're, we're like, like yeah, I'm, the movie, the mo- Thor, the movie, the scene I'm talking about yeah, with Helena. Hello. John Ralphio shows up and goes, the worst. <laughs> you sir are caution, caution pumpkin barley real wine. pumpkin. Uh, sure, I got frozen food somewhere to sober me up. All right, what other books are we reading? It's- uh, John had one. I had one. I'm signing into my account. Oh, Regman. Oh, I don't even need to sign in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Regman number one. This is the the problem that I have with what the new, with what the DC Rebirth, and even before this, Mm -hmm. uh, with the DC relaunch that we read years ago, whatever that. It's got to be It's got to be grounded. It's got to happen in well, the real world. It's, it's got to happen now. It's not even that. It's like, oh, this is a character that uh, there is a fan base for that people like. Oh, what should we do? Uh, let's take a shit on that and create something new. Ragman was somebody who I never really cared about. And then um, Infinite Crisis happened. Yeah, with we the- had the tie-in book. What was it called, Chris? You know it. Shadow Pact. Sh- oh, no, no. Before Shadow Pact, Days of Vengeance, right? Oh, yeah. Days of Sorry. Vengeance. And no. you got... But you were right, Chris. Eventually became Shadow Pact. It, it did. And it was a character that Ragman was somebody who was in that supernatural mm-hmm. area, and you were like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, Ragman, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. And coming out of that, when you... Yeah, give- he, had, he had a suit made of, like, different souls, and he could tap into all of them mm-hmm. for power. Basically, katana sword. Yeah. So in this story, they totally negate that. They're bringing this character back, and it's some Egyptian rags that are helping him fight aliens. But also, there's evil rags too. Well, they're demons. But, it, but it's grim and gritty because he was a mercenary working with the military. Well, it wasn't a mercenary. He was he military, was and they took decided a, they to just, take a detour. To try to get some money to go back with. Mm-hmm. And everybody ended up dying except for this guy who's going to these grief groups about coming back from the war, having lived when everyone else died, but he doesn't remember that a ragman suit saved him, and now he's the ragman, which is also kind of like Venom or Carnage from mm-hmm. Marvel's DC, you know, Marvel, but it's a DC version. But the- Air quotation marks the whole time I was just talking and continuing the way Yeah, because I, I liked the original Ragman where it looked like a dude who was just wearing a suit of patches. Like, everything was just, like, really hastily sewn together. But this one seems like they're like, hey, how can we make this He's grimmer and darker? And it's basically, it's, it's tendrils. It's very venomy. It's Yeah, he looks more Mumra than Patch yeah. Man. Uh, but it's the voices in his head are only the people, his, like, lone... Group well, it's, it's the people that were with him when they unearthed like the relic that had the entity or whatever mm-hmm. in it. But it's and then there's also a voice like, "Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but look at that guy. Let's destroy him." Blah blah blah. But it is very much like a the relaunch of Rifter, where yeah, only he can see the alien possessions or the demons that are around him, and. Yeah, that, yet again, it's just, it's missing the fun. It, and, and it's it, it's it, so sh- gritty, it's so tied into the real world that it loses the fun. But also, it feels, 
just like you said, like Grifter, it feels like it's tied into Wildstorm mm-hmm. books, and this is going to tie into that, and you're going to expect, uh, you know, the Wildcats to show up, and Mondo and uh, Spartan are going to be there to help fight them, because these are the same kind of shadow demon alien things. This book just, it fell completely flat. It took me a month and two weeks to, like, read this, finish this book. Because I got to a point and I was like, who could care? This is awful. It's, especially when he showed up in the costume and I was like, well, this is just a Carnage ripoff, but he's the good version. That was a good call. I would never, I wouldn't have gotten into Carnage or Venom myself. But now that you mention it, it does feel like that. Like that uh, avenging uh, protector. What was that storyline? That Venom storyline. The event. I don't remember. It's something like that. The avenging uh, protectorate or something. But this was. Ob- this is obviously. I. I mean, this. This feels like I just took my. I took three dollars. I rolled it up in my hands, and then I just threw it in a like a dirty, disgusting bathroom, and like flushed the toilet. Like I just shit washed down my money away. Uh, so you want art, to eat at KFC? The art wasn't even that great. Like, it just, nothing about that book, this book held up. And I don't know how you feel about the bullshit you bought this 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 month. Pretty pretty bad and pretty guilty. I feel like I, my money was more well spent on the Jedi Challenge from Lenovo. <laughs> which doesn't work exactly right. Uh... But at least I beat Darth Maul, because he's a punk-ass bitch. He's a punk-ass bitch? Paul just learned that term. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This this is probably the worst book we've read. I would take Jetsons over this. I would take DC Horror over Jetsons. And I would take... Harley, even though you haven't read it, Harley and Ivy meet mm, Betty and Veronica. Yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would take it over, having read them all. Uh, hunger, the hung, you know, yeah. Jughead, the hunger. I would take that at the top, because that single issue one was well done. It wasn't great. It wasn't as mm-hmm. good as Afterlife with Archie, but it was well done. And then that this that book kind of stems from that, and then everything else is utter. Bullshit. <laughs> John went from high hands down to very low hands. Low hands. When I said utter bullshit, poof, it dropped. It dropped. It went to the upside down. Yeah, it was a really weak week. Or month. 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 Oh, that is weak. It's what Marvel's going to make us watch. Or AKA John is going to make us watch from Marvel. Next week, we'll be reviewing The Inhumans. We should talk about it. We yeah, we should. So hopefully next month we have some better books to look forward to. But hey, you know what? At least next week you have another episode that will probably be just as good, if not better. I think it'll be inhumane to listen to the next one. Hey, that was my line. <laughs> I read it right now. Off the Google Doc. Uh, you can like us and follow us over on uh, what Facebook, right? We're on Facebook. Chris has been doing a great job over on our new website with our uh, show notes. Also, like, review us on whatever thing that you listen to us on. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, 
uh, Zune, because Star-Lord listens to us on Zune. He does. I checked. Paul, were you, like, big bonered when he was like, oh, I was, still have that. It was the avocado fl- uh, color as well, which is the exact color that I had. Uh, that's right, everyone. Paul chose Zune over Apple, and... Um, I was right, because it actually had a... But tuner. when you rate and review us, it helps other people find us. And if you're enjoying the show, please share it with other people. Let them know that, hey, these three idiots are entertaining. 